Welcome listeners, but take heed. We will say whatever we need to share our knowledge, thoughts, and joy, and even things that do annoy. So join us now, but be aware, we have a tendency to swear. We'll dial it back a little bit, but frankly, we don't give a shit. Welcome to Just Keep Rolling, a Harry Potter book movie compare and contrast podcast. I'm Ellen, and my co-host is Katie. Katie, Katie, Katie. Yeah, I'm not chanting with you, Karkaroff. No. Fine. Let's just keep rolling into the rolling rehash. Last week, we covered the first half of Chapter 31 and the kind of corresponding film scenes. Ron and Hermione help out with training with little regard to the effect it will have on their own grades. Nazi Von Douchebag II is a little too preoccupied with something in his hands for the trio's comfort. Mm -hmm. When it comes time for Harry to get his pre-task visitation, he's reminded that family doesn't always mean blood. Bill and Fleur have their meat cute before the latter goes off to certain death. Molly learns to take her own advice in regards to believing everything she reads. And Amos Diggory is everyone's embarrassing parent, while Karkaroff is everyone's embarrassing teacher. During episode 105, Cuddle Puddle Huddle, our Potter pondering was, how do you feel about everything from this book section that was left out of the movie? Especially the stuff about Rita Skeeter and Hermione's quest to find out how she's spying on people to write her horrible articles. Hi, Ellen and Katie. This is Ashley with this week's Potter Pondering Rant. Because I will forever be pissed off about movie makers snatching the fabric and substance from every character and replace it with a CGI dragon with extra scenes. Okay, we didn't ask for that shit. I wanted my characters to be who they were in the book, not movie reader who didn't even fucking matter. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to tell you because it pisses me off. Movie reader and book reader are not even the same people. We don't deserve to know what happened to movie reader. Movie reader doesn't even deserve to be boxed up by Hermione Granger. Just snatched her ass up and put it in her place. Not even necessary because movie reader wasn't all that bad. Movie Rita was a sports columnist who wrote fictitious and unsavory articles about childhood athletes, probably for some clout and maybe some money. Not even that bad of a person. Sounds like your everyday journalist to me. Completely different from Book Rita. Book Rita was a messy ass bitch, literally buzzing in everybody's business and smearing them all in the media for droves of clout and recognition. So much of it that it literally served as the foundation that destroyed Dumbledore's and Harry's credibility in the up and coming book. Dumbledore described her as enchantingly nasty. Until next book, when he has to magic clap his ass away from ministry persecution based on a smear campaign whose foundation is Rita Skeeter's lies from Goblet of Fire. I hate these movies. Hi, Ellen and Katie. It is the support badger Carly calling in to respond to this week's Potter Pondering of whether or not I like the changes from the book to the movie. And that quickly 
to say is no. Generally, I say that Goblet of Fire is the worst movie, honestly, because they leave out so much important stuff. Specifically, the stuff about Rita Skeeter and Hermione, that really bothers me because we don't get to see, like, illegal anime guy, animagi, oh my god, whatever. Anyways, we don't get to see that, and I think that that's a really important part of the story, especially with James and the Marauders minus Remus being illegal as well. So I think that it was super crappy to leave out. We don't even really, like, get the full Rita picture, which I am disappointed in. But I would have loved to see her turn into a beetle and, like, okay. In the movie, they make her seem like she is just, like, making up crap, which she does. But she does so much more than that because she pulls from the truth. She's a crappy person. And we don't get to see how truly crappy she is in the movie. So I hate it. Surprise. I'm ready for Order of the Phoenix. Hello, hello, hello. Jackson here. So you guys already know my feelings about how they didn't include any of the Rita Skeeter stuff in the movie. Just one of the many stupid decisions made by Newell. <laughs> But specifically this, yeah, this is disappointing because, one, I wanted to see that specific dream, you know, and not just the ridiculous um, repeating dream we got in the movie. Um, I wanted to see Hermione figure out how Rita Skeeter's spying on people. Yet the the whole storyline... I just wanted to say, oh God, Newell, I have no idea what he's doing. So yeah, that's my thoughts. Thank you so much for calling in your responses. And thanks for posting comments too. We love getting your perspectives. Mm -hmm. Our trivia question last week was, what is the first creature that Harry comes in contact with in the maze? Harry thinks that he comes in contact with a Dementor, but when he casts a Patronus and sees it stumble, he realizes that it is actually a Boggart. Congratulations goes to Jackson Miller. Woohoo! Mike had to go and interrupt Jackson's streak, most likely to defend his own. <laughs> but I think Jackson's going to be able to build it back up again. You know, I think so too, but we shall see. For now, let's just keep rolling into the second half of Chapter 31, the Third Task, and the corresponding film scenes. Chapter 31, The Third Task, Part 2. The moment Harry and Cedric enter the maze, the crowd is silenced, either because the hedges are so tall and thick, or because they're enchanted to do so. They both light their wands and move forward. After about 50 yards, they reach a fork and decide to go opposite directions. Harry heads left and soon hears another whistle blast, marking Crumb's entrance into the maze. He picks up his pace, finding his path oddly deserted. A third whistle blows, and Harry knows that all of the champions are now inside the maze, which is steadily growing darker. He reaches a second fork and whispers, Point me, to his wand, which is flat in his hand. It spins to the right and points directly at a solid hedge, which is north. 
Harry knows that he needs to go northwest to get to the middle of the maze, so his best choice is to go left and take the next right. He does so and finds another empty path, which is starting to lure him into a false sense of security. When he does hear a sound, it turns out to be Cedric, who just narrowly escaped one of Hagrid's enormous blast-ended scroots. He continues on and Harry hurries off too, eager to get as far from the scroots as he can. He turns another corner and sees a Dementor gliding towards him. Hearing its rattling breath, he starts to feel the familiar clammy coldness take over, but knows what to do. He raises his wand, thinks about getting through the maze and celebrating with Ron and Hermione, and yells, Expecto Patronum. The silver stag erupts from the end of his wand and gallops towards the Dementor, which falls back and trips over the hem of its robes. Harry has never seen a Dementor stumble and realizes that he's actually facing a Boggart. He lifts his wand again and this time shouts, Ridiculous! With a loud crack, the shapeshifter explodes in a puff of smoke. The silver stag vanishes from sight, leaving Harry to wish that it could have stayed to give him some company. He moves on, finds a couple more dead ends, and does the four-point spell again to realize that he's going too far east. He turns back and ends up finding an odd, golden misty barrier. He tries reducto on it, but nothing happens. And as he's considering walking through it, he hears a scream. Harry calls out for Fleur, but only hears silence in return. He takes a deep breath and runs right through the enchanted mist. This completely turns his world upside down, with him hanging from the ground, threatening to fall into the bottomless sky. He considers his two options try to move, or send up red sparks. Not wanting to get disqualified, he closes his eyes and pulls a foot off the ground. The world immediately rights itself, and Harry falls to his knees before taking a deep breath and moving on again. He keeps his eyes open for Fleur, but doesn't see her or any red sparks and doesn't know what happened. Though he's starting to feel uneasy, he also can't help thinking, one champion down. He's starting to think that he actually does have a chance of winning and continues to make his way through the maze. Harry finds several more dead ends, but doesn't come in contact with any other creatures or barriers for 10 minutes. He has to backtrack a couple of times and finally finds a new route, which leads him straight into a blast-ended scroot. It's about 10 feet long and looks like a giant scorpion with its long sting curled over its back. He tries to stupefy it, but the spell just rebounds off the creature's armor. The same thing happens when he tries impedimenta, until he manages to hit the unprotected underside and runs in the opposite direction. He uses the four-point spell to find a path heading northwest, and after hurrying along for a few minutes, he hears Cedric in the path parallel to his. The other Hogwarts champion is yelling, What the hell do you think you're doing? And Harry then hears Crumb's voice shout, Crucio! Harry is horrified and tries to find a way to Cedric, eventually just using the Reductor Curse to get through the hedges. He finds Cedric twitching on the ground and Crumb standing over him. He runs at them and stupefies Crumb as the Durmstrang champion tries to run away. He then goes to help Cedric up and make sure he's okay. The boys are both shocked that Crumb would use an unforgivable curse and wonder if he got to Fleur also. Cedric asks if they should just leave him there, but Harry says they should send up red sparks so a scroot doesn't get him. Cedric says he'd deserve it, but still shoots the sparks into the air. 
The boys briefly stand there, then Cedric says they should move on, and they again head in opposite directions. Harry speeds up as the maze gets increasingly darker, leading him to think that he must be nearing the center. He hits several more dead ends, but keeps moving. Then, at the end of one long straight path, he sees some movement. Harry shines his wand light towards it and illuminates an extraordinary creature that he has only ever seen in picture form. It is a sphinx, with the body of a lion and the head of a woman. The creature turns her head towards Harry and speaks in a deep, hoarse voice, informing him that he's very near his goal and the quickest way is past her. Harry asks if she will move, and she says no unless he can answer her riddle. If he's wrong, she will attack, but if he remains silent, he can walk away. Even though Hermione is the one who's good at riddles, Harry decides to give it a shot and asks to hear it. The Sphinx sits and recites. First, think of the person who lives in disguise, who deals in secrets and tells naught but lies. Next, tell me what's always the last thing to mend, the middle of middle, and the end of end. And finally, give me the sound often heard during the search for a hard-to-find word. Now string them together and answer me this, which creature would you be unwilling to kiss? Harry gapes at her and asks for it more slowly. She repeats it, and Harry acknowledges that it leads up to a creature he doesn't want to kiss. He immediately wants to say blast-ended Scroot, but is sure that isn't the answer, so he begins thinking through the riddle, asking her to repeat each part one at a time. He works out that the first part could mean spy, then actually makes the sound er that could fit the end. As he sounds out spy-er, spy-er, it clicks and he triumphantly realizes the answer is spider. He gives the answer to the Sphinx and she steps aside to let him pass. He dashes forward knowing that he has to be close. The four-point spell is telling him that he's right on track and helps him choose the correct path when he reaches a fork. He turns the corner, sees the Triwizard Cup gleaming ahead, and begins sprinting towards it. Another figure is running in that direction as well, and Harry realizes that he will never be able to beat the taller and longer-legged Cedric to it. But before either of them can get to the cup, a giant spider steps onto the path. Harry yells a warning to Cedric, who hurls himself out of the way just in time, but falls to the ground and loses his wand in the process. The spider bears down on him, and Harry begins screaming spells at it, though they can't penetrate the spider's giant hairy black body. The spells do cause the spider to run at Harry instead, and as it lifts him in the air with its huge pincers, he struggles madly and feels excruciating pain in his leg. Cedric manages to get a hold of his wand and also tries to stupefy the beast. He doesn't have any luck either, but it gives Harry an opportunity to use Expelliarmus on the pincer. It works and Harry falls about 12 feet onto his already injured leg and crumples to the ground. Without pausing to think, he aims up at the spider's underbelly and shouts stupefy at the exact moment that Cedric does. Their two spells work together and the spider keels over sideways. Cedric makes sure it didn't fall on Harry, who shakily gets up to his feet. The two boys stand mere feet from the Triwizard Cup, but neither of them go after it. Harry tells Cedric, who's closer, to take it, but Cedric refuses since Harry saved him twice. Harry tells him that it doesn't work that way, pointing out that he beat him to the cup. Cedric walked towards Harry and away from the cup, again refusing to take it. Harry irritably tells him to stop being noble, 
but Cedric just says that he told him about the dragons. Harry reminds Cedric that he returned that favor helping him with the egg, saying they are square. They then argue about how Harry stayed behind to help all the hostages in the second task, and Cedric still refuses to take the cup. Harry finally suggests that they both take it and share the victory for Hogwarts. Cedric smiles and helps Harry over to the cup. On the count of three, they both grasp a handle, and Harry instantly feels a jerk from behind his navel. His feet leave the ground, and he cannot unclench his hand from the Triwizard Cup as it pulls him onward in a swirl of wind and color, with Cedric beside him. The movie section picks up with a close-up on Harry's face as he begins to walk through the dark and foggy maze. The hedges are at least 30 feet tall, and the camera pans up and over them, giving an aerial view of how vast the maze is, before cutting back to Harry as he hesitates, looking around at his first intersection. As he tries to decide which way to go, he hears a noise and looks around startled. The camera shows another aerial view of the maze as several of the hedges magically riffle, then pans back into the maze, where Cedric Diggory is running down one of the narrow aisles. He turns a corner and hesitates, unsure of which direction to choose. He starts to move towards his right, but is hindered when the hedges begin to close in on him, and he has to race to escape them before they engulf him. The camera then cuts to a close-up on a wand, pointing down towards the ground as the owner determinately moves forward. It then changes views to his feet before showing us the wand owner is Victor Crumb, and then shifts back to Harry, who is nervously making his way through the maze as a strangely blank-eyed Crumb peers around a hedge and a panicked Fleur de Liqueur runs around trying to find her way. She hesitates, staring down an extremely long hedgerow, then hears something behind her, turns, and screams. The camera cuts to Harry reacting to Fleur's scream, then back to the blank-eyed Crumb, who is leaning over Fleur. She is lying on the ground looking dazed, and the roots of the hedges begin to reach out of the ground and curl around her body. Harry begins sprinting in the direction of the scream and ducks behind a hedge when he hears someone else approaching. With the still vacant eyes, Crumb comes out and looks around. At the sound of a twig snapping, he turns and points his lit wand directly at Harry. His empty eyes look right at him before lowering his wand and just walking away. Though confused, Harry continues hurrying in Fleur's direction and finds her just as the roots are enveloping her completely and pulling her into the hedge. Harry squats at her side, and when he realizes there is nothing he can do for her, he stands back up and says periculum to send red sparks up above the maze so the professors can find her. A gust of wind then blows towards the maze and through it, causing Harry to begin running as the hedges begin to close in on him. He makes it to a relatively calm aisle of the maze and can see the Triwizard Cup up the passage in the distance. The hedges begin to sway, but as Harry begins to run towards it, he finds himself between Crumb and Cedric, as Cedric tries to ward off Crumb's attack. Harry's presence provides enough of a distraction that Cedric manages to disarm Crumb, sending him flying backward. He runs towards him and kicks his wand out of his hand before raising his own wand again to attack him while he's down. Harry shoves him and tells him not to do it because he's bewitched. Cedric shoves Harry back, telling him to get off of him, and then the two boys take off running to find the cup again. They take turns grabbing each other's shirts and pulling the other back. They see the cup and continue running towards it, dodging vines from the hedges and jumping over roots that are coming up from the ground again. 
One of them trips Cedric, taking him down, and Harry continues running, gaining some ground, before he looks back and sees Cedric struggling with the roots. He looks back at the cup and then back at Cedric, who is calling for Harry to help him. For a brief moment, Harry considers leaving Cedric and running for the cup, but with one last look at it, he points his wand towards his opponent and shouts, Reducto! He then runs back and helps him break free. As the two boys catch their breath, Cedric thanks Harry and tells him that for a moment he thought he was going to let it get him. Harry confesses that for a moment he thought he was too, and the two agree that it's some game. The eerie wind picks back up, and as the hedges start to move again, Cedric yells for them to go and they both take off running once more. They make it to the cup and both hesitate. Cedric insists that Harry should take it since he saved him. Harry looks at the chaos over his shoulder and suggests that they take it together, on three. They count to three and both grasp a handle, and in a swirl of blue-white lights, they are transported out of the maze. We again manage to have a compare and contrast section that brings about much of the same information in completely different fashions. Yeah, we get from A to Z, but it's more like... A-F-L-B-Q-P-X-C, I'm not going to do the whole alphabet out of order, Z. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> the sections at least start out at the same point, but that's because we chose where we were cutting the chapter in half, so. <laughs> yeah. Makes that easier. Mm -hmm. But that's when Harry and Cedric have just entered the maze, and it starts to get dark, and the crowd is silenced. Yeah, because they can't see anything. <laughs> or hear anything, apparently. Or hear anything, yeah. It's basically the same in the movie, where in this episode of When Foliage Attacks, young Harry Potter begins to walk through the dark and creepy-ass maze. Did I mention it's also a gigantic maze? Because it is like a big-ass maze. A big-ass maze. It's huge. Harry gets to his first intersection and hesitates, despite being told exactly where the hell to go by Moody. Although you did mention he pointed him in the wrong direction. R well, that is true. <laughs> the biggest difference between the two here is that there's only one entrance to the maze in the book. So Harry and Cedric actually entered together, and then after about 50 yards, they reach a fork and decide to go opposite directions. Yeah, and the movie had several entrances. And Harry and Cedric had entered at the same time, but from different points. So they're already separated at this point in the movie. As Harry dicks around, trying to figure out which way to go, he hears a rumbling noise and looks around. The shrubbery can be heard rustling through the maze as we are taken up and over the hedges to catch up with Cedric Diggory running down a narrow walkway. There are several more things that happen in the book before we meet back up with Cedric. Mm -hmm. Despite the maze completely blocking out the sound of the audience, Harry can still hear the whistle that marks the other champions entering the maze. So it magically blocks out the audience, but not the whistle. Sure. Sure. Harry's path is also oddly deserted. This is actually kind of similar to the movie, since they didn't include a single fucking creature. Yeah, but the lack of creatures in the book is for a completely different reason, which we will eventually get to talk about. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Harry knows that he needs to go northwest to get to the middle of the maze, so his best choice is to go left and take the next right. He does so and finds another empty path, which is starting to lure him into a false sense of security. He's like, man, this is easy. Harry, honey. <laughs> 
But there is a very good reason why it is so easy. Yes, but I mean... We just don't know it yet. Yeah. Well, we do. I was like, Harry doesn't know. Our keepers do. We do. We know all. Dumbledore does too. Well, yeah. But not Harry. Nope. No clue. He just thinks, boy, this is a super easy task. What? <laughs> right? I was so prepared for this and nothing's happening. Ron was right. The dragon is the worst of it. <laughs> when he does hear a sound, it just turns out to be Cedric. So now we're finally catching back up with him. Okay. And he had just narrowly escaped one of Hagrid's blast-ended scroots, which he says is enormous. So apparently Hagrid figured out how to feed them. Apparently. <laughs> or just feeding off of their friends is all they needed. True. Yes. But he keeps going and Harry hurries off too. So again, they're going opposite directions. And he's just like, I'm going to go this way. So I'm not going near those scroots. I've seen enough of them during class. Probably the right call. Aside from the fact that the movie didn't have blast-ended scroots or even bang-ended scoots, it at least included the fact that Harry is in a, in a maze. <laughs> There's that. Yeah. That's similar. Super similar. <laughs> Big maze in the movie, big maze in the book. Practically the, the same. same. <laughs> Harry turns a corner and hesitates, unsure of where to go. He starts to move towards his right, but the hedges decide that's a terrible idea and begin to close in on him. He hauls ass, but just barely stops himself from becoming fertilizer. Not even the remote possibility of becoming fertilizer happens in the book. No. Like, it's not there. It's not a thing. There's no danger of it. It's just a nice stroll. Yeah. Really. Harry doesn't even end up hesitating a lot to decide which path to choose because he has that handy dandy four point spell to direct him. Mm hmm. He turns another corner, and at this point, he finally meets his first creature, and it's a Dementor gliding right towards him. Well, that's not good. No, not at all. Oh, no. I do want to point out that there's no way in hell Dumbledore would ever have let a Dementor be part of this maze. Right. That was my first thought, too. But as we're about to learn, it's not, in fact, a Dementor. You know how I know? Because it's not flying. There is that. <laughs> <laughs> Harry realizes that it's not, in fact, a Dementor when he tries to do Expecto Patronum on him, and it causes it to stumble. I wanted this so bad. Well, they could never have pulled this off in the movie because... They fly. They fly, and you can't stumble while you fly. I mean, you can fall. <laughs> yeah, true. But anyway, it stumbles, and Harry's just like, hold on a second. You're not a Dementor, you're a Boggart. Which was our trivia question. Yep. He lifts his wand again and does the Boggart spell. Ridiculous! This maze is ridiculous. Uh-huh. <laughs> and with a loud crack, the shapeshifter is just like, poof, gone. Which is impressive because it seemed to take a lot longer for them to get rid of it during class. So Harry's got some power now, I'd say. Very true. Unfortunately, his Patronus Silver Stag also disappears. And Harry's just like, no, stay. Oh. I feel like he literally had a moment where he considered just going expecto Patronum again. Just right. so like, <laughs> lead me through the maze, please. Just hang out with me, Patronus. Protect me. Can I ride on your back? <gasps> that would be so cool. I wonder if you could. Maybe if it was like a strong enough Patronus? I feel like Harry's would be then. Right? That'd be awesome. Anyway. We digress. Yeah. Just like we need to, Harry moves on and <laughs> he finds a couple more dead ends, which that handy dandy four point spell gets him out of mm -hmm. and makes him realize that he's going too far east. So he kind of has to backtrack and he ends up finding a path that leads him somewhere new 
and in the right direction, but it's blocked by a misty barrier that's like a golden color. And he's standing there like, I've already learned my lesson about touching things that I shouldn't. So should I touch this? Like, what do I do? How do I get through it? He tries reducto, nothing happens. And then he hears a scream. Hmm. And it's a female scream, so he assumes it's Fleur. Be really funny if it was Victor, though. <laughs> <laughs> he calls out for her and hears nothing in response. That's not how it happened in the movie. Aside from the fact that the movie didn't have Dementors or even Boggarts, we get so much more than the mention of a scream from Fleur. Like, it's... So much more. So much more. <laughs> <laughs> We also see a wand pointed towards the ground as the holder stalks forward. Some tension and a couple of camera angles later, we see that the wand owner is none other than Victor Crumb. See, I told you it was him that screamed. Crumb! 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 <laughs> We're not doing that, Ellen. Fine. <laughs> Harry, meanwhile, looks around in every direction for some clue as to which way he should go next, before we once again see Crumb, the boy who could really use some Visine. Because apparently the maze gives you cataracts instead of Sphinx Frittles. We haven't gotten to the Sphinx yet. But you really should have said, apparently the maze gives you cataracts instead of half cat attacks. <laughs> yeah. But Crumb and his creepy eyes are peering around a bush and we then see an extremely frazzled Fleur trying to find her way through the maze. Like, losing her shit, because... She's the chick, and they needed to make somebody fall first. Exactly. <laughs> so they figure, why not her? Just like for every other fucking task. Yep. She hesitates and starts really losing her shit while staring down an extremely long row of foliage. Hearing something behind her, she turns and screams. This catches Harry's attention, and he looks back in the direction of the noise. We then get a glimpse of the glaucoma-riddled crumb leaning over Fleur in a very menacing fashion. Like he does. Apparently. Yeah. Not in the book, though. <laughs> that we know. Yeah. Fleur is lying on the ground, stunned into a semi-conscious state, seeming unable to move more than a little bit of a head wiggle. As it turns out, this is a very bad place to take a nap, as the roots of the shrubbery creep towards her, wrapping around her like devil's snare. I wonder if that's what the maze is made out of in the movie. I mean, at least it would give us a fucking creature. Right? Of some kind. I'll take it, just because yeah, we're grasping let's pretend. straws. Yeah, sure. Harry, having taken off in the direction of the scream, suddenly hears someone else approaching and hides like a little bitch, because... Flares down for the count, so someone's got to be right. The little bitch, apparently. Not that she's really a little bitch, but the movie no. definitely made her that way. Oh, she was done dirty, done so dirty. Mm -hmm. With the still vacant eyes, Crumb reminds us why you shouldn't sleep with your contacts in. As he rounds the corner and sharply turns when he hears a twig snap, because Harry is crap at hiding. Apparently, <laughs> you'd think for all his meddling. Right? He'd be better at this. Twig snap. Damn it, Harry. <laughs> Did you get your sneaking lessons from Barty Crouch Jr., Harry? <laughs> Jeez. 
But anyway, Crumb points his wand directly at Harry and blankly looks at him for a moment before lowering his lit wand and walking away as though nothing just happened. That's not, that's not suspicious at all, right? It's so sus. Nah. And it drives me crazy because it makes no sense with the way they set it up in the movie. (laughs) (laughs) You're a very fearsome growler, Ellen. That wasn't really fierce so much as it was frustrated. (laughs) Harry's not sure what just happened. But he sure as hell isn't about to chase after Victor and continues to make his way towards the scream he heard earlier. Yeah, could you imagine? Hey, hey, Grump, why didn't you attack me, man? (laughs) I was right there. You pointed your wand right at me. What are you doing, guy? Yeah, nothing. (laughs) But he finds Fleur on the ground just as the Audrey 2 wannabe shrub just fucking eats her. Like, it legit eats her. Sucks her under the ground. Hopefully, it went to a hidden passageway that leads out of the maze, maybe? Like, I mean, who the fuck knows? I don't know. Harry wants to help, but realizes that there's not much he can do, so he just takes her wand and sends up some red sparks so that she can be found. Just in case the whole hedge-eating-you thing is actually life-threatening. Yeah. Yeah, we're not sure yet. But it definitely doesn't happen in the book. No. Harry's just debating what to do about the golden mist thing and decides his best option is just run right through it. What's the worst that could happen? Sure, that works out so well. And this ends up literally turning his world upside down. Like he's actually hanging from the ground. The ground is up. The sky is down. Mm -hmm. And it just looks like he is about to fall into a vast nothingness of the sky. That I would hurl so hard. Oh, that would really mess with my motion sickness. Mm-hmm. Imagine if you had vertigo. Right? Oh, awful. So he's just hanging out. Literally. Literally. <laughs> thinking about his two options, which is just try moving and hope you don't die, or send up red sparks, which I guess in this case is technically sending them down. Yeah. And he doesn't want to get disqualified, so he's like, I'm not sending up the sparks, and he just closes his eyes. And moves the foot. Sure. Thankfully, that just writes everything. And he's back to the right side up. And he does fall to his knees at first. Just like, oh, shit. But then he takes a deep breath and gets up and keeps moving. Lucky for him. Yeah. Problem solved. That could have gone way worse. Oh, yeah. Definitely. He does keep his eyes open for Fleur. But doesn't specifically go looking for her. Mm-hmm. He's just like, if I notice her while I'm trying to find the Triwizard Cup, I'll help. Right. I have other things to do. Right. And he never actually sees her. So, oh, well, he doesn't even see red sparks. So he just has no idea what ended up happening with her. Yeah. He's still not even sure it was her screaming. It just sounded very feminine. I'm still saying it could have been Victor. And instead of making it a point to specifically search for her like he does in the movie, he just thinks one champion down. (laughs) (laughs) How very Hunger Games of him. Right. And he (laughs) actually starts to fantasize winning. At this point, it's like, maybe I could do this. (laughs) Even though we all know that Fleur was never going to be his real competition. I mean, come on, Harry. (laughs) But he just keeps on keeping on. He finds several more dead ends, but no more creatures or barriers and definitely no murderous foliage. He does have to backtrack a couple of times, but he eventually finds a new route. And this one actually leads him to another creature. And he gets to meet the blast-ended Scroot. Oh. 
Oh, isn't that fun? Yeah, I don't know if there's more than one in the maze or if that one just got around real fast. Or if he's just going in circles the whole time. Who knows? <laughs> but it's about 10 feet long now. Good Lord. So I'm assuming Hagrid really can't keep him in a box all that well. It's a big ass box. No. And more than anything, it's starting to just resemble a scorpion because it's got its sting curled up over its back and it's got all of this armored shell and and it's just really fucking creepy. Yeah, that sounds like something I definitely don't want to ever deal with. I would pass, yeah. Definitely. Hard pass. Mm-hmm. Harry tries stupefying it and the spell just bounces off the armor. And then the same thing happens with impedimenta, which I don't know why he expected otherwise, but he just keeps throwing spells at it until he manages to hit the unprotected underside and actually manages to hit it with impedimenta, which only slows it down. Would have been far better if it was stupefy that penetrated, but right. no, it was impedimenta and Harry's just like, gotta go before he moves again. <laughs> and he runs off in the opposite direction. I mean, better that than nothing, I guess. True. You know. He uses the four-point spell again, super handy-dandy, and he finds himself a path that heads northwest, which is the direction that the middle of the maze is in, which is actually a change from the movie as well, because they just talk about the cup being deep in the maze, no one knows where, whereas in the book, it's specifically in the center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you can assume that it would be in the center, but you have no idea. Right. We're just told that Mad-Eye Moody hit it somewhere deep in the maze. That was it. Yeah. So in that sense, it kind of works that he doesn't use four-point spell because he is going blind through yeah. this. But anyway, he's hurrying along a path, and he can hear Cedric's voice yelling from the path parallel to his. Yelling, what the hell do you think you're doing? <gasps> Cedric said a bad word. Cedric said a bad word. That's not very Hufflepuff. But it's very understandable because the next thing that Harry hears is Victor saying Crucio. Okay, that's a worse word. That is a worse word. <laughs> it also horrifies Harry. I imagine. Because dude just use an unforgivable curse. Yeah. And so he's running along trying to find a way to get to Cedric and can't find a path that leads to that way. Mm -hmm. So he finally just uses Reducto on the hedges and manages to get a small hole that he like pulls open further so he can work his way through it. And he makes it through just in time to see Cedric twitching on the ground with Crumb standing over him. Like, Crumb legit used Crucio on him. Jesus. So Harry runs at them, stupefies Crumb, who's trying to run away. And it's just like, what the fuck? The maze does change you. I don't think that's what it was. Yeah, I know. <laughs> <laughs> Although now that Harry knows that you can blast a small hole through the hedges, just... Do that for every hedge you come across. I mean, that would make the most sense to me, but it doesn't even matter because it doesn't happen in the movie. Nope. Well, I mean, it kind of happens in the movie. You know, aside from the giant Scrooge, the four-point spell, Crumb using Crucio, or, you know, Harry needing to use the Reductor Curse to blast through the hedges to get to Cedric and Crumb anyway. Right. Yeah. Aside from all that. Aside from that. Just exactly. like... <laughs> Instead, in the worst crossover in history, we see Dorothy and Toto flying through the maze on a twister making its way through the thicket, oddly reminiscent of the level warp in Mario 3. <laughs> Do you remember that? <laughs> Every time I see it, it's what I always think of. But it's seemingly much less beneficial to Harry as the hedges begin to close in on him and he hauls 
all of his ass out of the way. <laughs> all of it. Not just some of it. Just all of it. Hauls all the ass. When the foliage... We're hauling ass. <laughs> We're hauling ass. <laughs> but when the foliage finally chills the fuck out, Harry can actually see the quad wizard cup not far from him. So I guess I kind of take back the whole less beneficial comment. Like, that was a pretty beneficial tornado. Which is not a phrase you hear very often. It really isn't. Harry makes a beeline for the cup, but just as the evil bushes begin to close in on him, he finds himself directly in the middle of a duel between Crumb and Cedric. Well, I say duel. Crumb was really just losing his shit and attacking Cedric, who does manage to disarm Crumb and knocks him backwards with Expelliarmus. Because that's just apparently what the spell does in the movies. Obviously. Especially when it's a kid doing it. Especially then. <laughs> totally believable. Yep. Rage has Cedric kicking Crumb's wand out of his hand and then beating him while he's down, or at least trying to. Harry comes to Crumb's defense, holding Cedric back and telling him that the boy is bewitched. And that shit's not cool. See, this is what really bothers me about the changes the movie made for the maze. That whole shit show of movie Dumbledore saying that the maze changes you is total bullshit because it makes it look like it's the maze's fault that Crumb completely loses his shit. And we will later learn that this is most definitely not the case in the book. Yeah. Like I said, that shit's not cool. It's shit. It is shit. Like, there's a specific reason that Crumb was attacking them. Mm-hmm. It's shit. It's absolute shit. The maze changing you just completely erased a huge fucking clue. Well, you know, they feel like they already gave us enough clues, And apparently. we already know who did it at this point, so... So does it really matter? I mean, yes, it fucking does. It should. For the record, yes, it matters. We should have had Blasted and Scroots. We should have not had the Maze Changes You speech. We should have had so many other things. And we don't have any of them because... Newell! Newell! Anyway, but then in the movie, Cedric just throws his Hufflepuff manners right out the window and shoves Harry away from him. Both boys take off running in the direction of the cup, both becoming more and more aggressive the closer they get, pulling each other by the shirts and attempting to take the lead any way they can, which is really shitty. Well, I can only assume it's the maze changing them because that's not at all how it happened in the book. <laughs> Obviously, they're changed by the maze. Dodging vines and roots that are reaching up from the ground to get them, they definitely seem to have lost themselves in the maze, just as they happen to find the cup. Isn't that lucky? Hmm. Hmm. And damn, that's deep. I mean, that's like poetry and shit right there. See, because that's what Dumbledore said about losing themselves. Y you get it? Mm-hmm, but it just brings me right back to it being total bullshit and a lame way to make the maze a challenge in lieu of creatures and enchantments. <sighs> you okay? Probably not, but I'm going to keep going. Wow. Whew. At this point in the book, they aren't even in the same neighborhood of the Quad Wizard Cup. Or honestly, in the same neighborhood of how things happen in the movie. Not even. No. Yes, Harry does find Crumb attacking Cedric, but it isn't completely on accident. He doesn't just stumble upon it. I mean, it kind of is because he hears it in the neighboring row. Mm -hmm. But he then goes out of his way to help. Yeah. He fucking blasts a hole through the hedge to get to him to help. 
Mm-hmm. It's not just, oh, I tripped upon this. Yeah. Literally. Yeah. And then on top of that, it's Harry who stuns Crumb, as I said before, with stupefy. Not Cedric with Expelliarmus, because that's not what that spell does. In the movie, it does, Ellen. shouldn't. I agree. He also specifically goes to Cedric to make sure he's okay. Mm Mm-hmm. And both of the boys are like, holy fuck, Crumb used an unforgivable curse. And they obviously couldn't do that in the movie, because... He didn't do that in the movie. He did not. He was just randomly attacking him because the maze changed him. Yeah. And I don't even know what he was yelling. Like, I have no idea. I mean, Crucio was right there. I don't know why they wouldn't have done that. Right. It makes no sense whatsoever. But the boys are shocked that he did Crucio in the book Mm -hmm. and wonder if he also got to Fleur. Harry was just like, did you hear her scream earlier? Do you think he got her too? And Cedric's just like, I have no idea, because unlike in the movie, we have no idea what happened to Book Fleur, though I'm reasonably certain she wasn't eaten by Audrey, too. No, I highly doubt it. Cedric thinks they should just leave him there. And Harry's just like, eh, we should probably send up Red Spark so a Scroop doesn't eat him. And the maze does apparently get to Book Cedric a little because he's just like, he deserve it. But the Hufflepuff still shoots some Red Sparks into the air, so. I mean... At least he comes back. Right. Right? Because it's just very un-Hufflepuff. It is. <laughs> but it's on the same level as Harry thinking, oh, one champion down. Right. When he hears Fleur scream. It's the competition. It'll get you a little bit. Yeah. Plus, he did just use Crucio on him. I think he's entitled to be a little mad at him. That is true. I gotta say. The boys briefly stand there, united against a common enemy. Until Cedric's just like, we should probably move on. And again, they go off in opposite directions. Because, as I said before, unlike in the movie, they're nowhere near the Quad Wizard Cup yet. Yeah. It's like right there in the movie. It's like right there. You can literally see it. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Harry speeds up as the maze is getting increasingly darker. So he's just like, well, obviously I'm nearing the center. I'm getting further and further away from the outside. It's, I Mm. gotta be close. Yeah. Yeah. He hits several more dead ends and just keeps on moving because what else can you do? Give up, send up red sparks, I guess. Gotta just keep rolling. Just keep rolling. (laughs) And then at the end of one long straight path, he sees some movement and he meets his third creature. 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 What's a creature? Right? Hmm. But this is where we get to the half cat attacks because the creature is a sphinx with the body of a lion and the head of a woman. Which was so much better than cataracts. I was really looking forward to seeing how they did it. It really bums me out that they didn't include so many of the riddles. The riddles? Just just the character design for the sphinx right? is what I wanted to see. Ah, I was dying to see that. And then they went and fucking cut it because it's they're stupid. Like foliage. Ugh. Are you really going to tell me that bushes are scarier than a sphinx who could attack you? I think that they were definitely creepy. I mean, it was fucked up the way they just ate Fleur. However, it's less magical. Yeah, definitely. Like that borders on supernatural. Yeah. You've got like a nature horror thing going on there, but... Not mad. A sphinx is fucking magical. This is a different creature. This is not. We got so bilked on creatures. We really did. 
really did. Like, I don't want to fuck with a blast-ended screw, but I still wanted to see one in the damn movie. Right? It's not like it was going to come out of the screen and fucking blast and screwed us. I just wanted to see it. Right? Ugh. We didn't get to. And it would have been so cool to see a Sphinx. Yeah. How often do they make it into movies? Like, hardly ever. Right? Poor Sphinxes. They get bilked. They really do. We should make a movie just about Sphinxes. Okay. Cool. Let's Moving on. Let's do it. <laughs> Anyway, so she does what sphinxes do, and she tells Harry in her very mysterious fashion that the quickest way to his goal is right through her, and Harry's just like, well, will you move? Because why not? <laughs> I mean, you have to admit, sometimes the easiest way is the best. For all we know, people never ask. Yeah. Maybe she just prefers polite people who ask if he can pass her, please. Well, she doesn't, because she says no. Well, okay. And says, unless he can answer her riddle. If he's wrong, she will have cat attack. But if he remains silent, he can walk away unharmed. Mm -hmm. So Harry's just like, I mean, it's Hermione that's good at riddles, but maybe I can channel her. Why not? Give it to me. Give it a go. Mm -hmm. The Sphinx sits and recites. First, think of the person who lives in disguise, who deals in secrets and tells naught but lies. Next, tell me what's always the last thing to mend, the middle of middle and the end of end. And finally, give me the sound often heard during the search for a hard-to-find word. Now string them together and answer me this, which creature would you be unwilling to kiss? And Harry just stares at her like, uh... Dudley? Aunt Marge? I mean, either of those I would really just stay the hell away from so could be he asks her to repeat it and she does and this time harry's just like okay a creature i don't want to kiss and his first thought is a blast ended scrute though i'm sure dudley was totally his second thought right yeah i feel like he tries not to think about aunt marge at all like ever <laughs> she just doesn't enter his mind in an ideal world yeah but he's positive that neither of those are the answer and he's thinking through it and asks her to repeat each line one at a time. Like, can you do this slowly? Like, give me a little bit at a time. Which, this is a very accommodating sphinx. I was actually, like, kind of surprised by that. Because I would feel like... Nope. You heard it. What's the answer, bitch? Exactly. But he's but a kid. He's a kid and she's a sphinx. So he gets the first line again. First, think of the person who lives in disguise, who deals in secrets and tells not but lies and thinks imposter. And it's like, no, wait, maybe a spy. I'll come back to that. Gets mm -hmm. the second line. What's always the last thing to mend the middle of middle and the end of end, which always reminds me of one of my favorite riddles. So I figured that one out quickly because of it. Mm -hmm. But Harry's just like, uh, I'm gonna come back to that one. What's the last one? Now finally give me the sound often heard during the search for a hard to find word. And he's like, hard to find word. Err. Err. <laughs> it's right there, guys. He's like, oh, holy shit. Err is a sound. <laughs> so he's there going, spy, err. Spy, err. Spy. Spider! <laughs> and then that gives you the answer to the last thing to mend, a D. Yeah. The middle of middle, D. And the end of end, D. Mm-hmm. Spider. He got the D. He got the D. And he got the answer. He did. So he triumphantly gives the answer to the Sphinx, feeling like he's completely brilliant. <laughs> Even though she made that as easy on him as she possibly could have. She really did. <laughs> but she moves the sign and lets him through, and he just 
races right past her knowing he has got to be close and he does the four point spell again and knows that he's right on track and when he hits another fork he realizes which direction he needs to go thanks to that handy dandy spell mm-hmm. and he turns the corner and sees the quad wizard cup oh. just gleaming right ahead and he starts sprinting towards it <laughs> and another figure is also running towards it which i mean there's only one other person it could be as the other two have been taken out obviously it's fleur obviously <laughs> And unfortunately, it's Cedric, who is a lot taller and has much longer legs and has a slight head start towards the cup. And Harry's just like, fuck, I'm never going to catch up. He's like, this is it. This is it. I lost. Don't give up, Harry. Second place is the first loser. <laughs> Which brings it back in line with the movie. Kinda. <laughs> Where he and Cedric are aggressively shoving each other to get to the cup. Like, manly. I'm going to rip your shirt. Rawr. At one point, Cedric trips. Whether Harry did the tripping or not, it's pretty unclear, really. But he continues hauling ass anyway, because he's an ass hauler. Putting quite a bit of space between the two of them, before his conscience makes him look back to where he sees Cedric struggling and being attacked by the roots, not the band, mind you. The actual physical roots. Yes. <laughs> the cup is so close at this point harry's just got to be like oh i could just i could do it i could, I could do, do it. it maybe i could just grab the cup and then go help him like reasonable you know but harry being harry just can't do anything the easy way because why would he he looks at cedric who is reaching out a hand and calling for harry to help him and feels a little tug at his heartstrings oh just a little bit Meanwhile, watching Cedric get attacked by all these vines, I'm pretty sure I've seen some hentai that started out like this once. Probably. Yeah. But that's also not how it happened in the book. What? Aside from the fact that they are kind of racing one another. Yeah. But in the book, before either of them can get to the cup, a giant spider steps onto the path. Oh, definitely no spider in the movie. I mean, that would be a creature and we're not allowed to have those. No. So. Because remember, we blew our creature budget on... A dragon. A dragon and a person. A merson. A mer... <laughs> Harry finds himself figuratively rooted to the spot as he contemplates leaving Cedric literally rooted to the spot and just getting that damn cup. But in the end, he can't do it. He points his wand at the branches and roots, which seem to be taking advantage of Cedric at this point, really, and shouts, Reducto! Now, theoretically, Harry could have just taken off here. Just, Cedric was free. He did his job. He made sure Cedric didn't die. Like, that's it. That's the hero's job, right? Right. Done. Okay. He's a big boy. Yeah, go get his shit. But no. <laughs> Harry then takes the extra step and goes back to help Cedric break free completely and stand up. Like, Kai, come on. But this is a little more in line with the book, as there's never any real aggression between Harry and Cedric. Well, because the maze doesn't change you in the book. Thank God. <laughs> <laughs> Without any hesitation, Harry yells a warning to Cedric about the spider. And Cedric manages to get out of the way just in time, but he loses his wand in the process and falls to the ground. So now the spider's just like, I'm going to eat you. And Harry starts, that's what a sound. <laughs> Isn't that what sound a spider makes? 
That's exactly what a spider sounds like. Well done. I feel like if you turn the volume up on a spider's voice, that's what it's doing. I'm going to eat you. I'm laughing at how accurate that was. <laughs> that's what I'm doing right now. So as the spider is about to eat Cedric, Harry is just screaming spells at it and having just as much luck penetrating the spider's body as he did the giant Scroot's body. But it does distract the spider enough that he goes after Harry instead of Cedric. Well, that backfired. Not in Cedric's mind. Well, for Harry, though. But definitely for Harry, because he gets lifted into the air by the spider's pincers. Just the pincers? And he struggles madly and feels an excruciating pain in his leg. So yes, definitely backfired for Harry. Cedric, however, had the opportunity to get his wand back and also starts trying to stupefy the spider. Mm -hmm. The giant-ass fuck-nope. hate a giant-ass fuck-nope. Still isn't having any luck, but again, gives just enough of a distraction that Harry can use his go-to spell, Expelliarmus. And because it's the book, it doesn't blast the spider backwards. It just causes him to drop Harry. Which is good because Harry's free, but not good because he falls 12 feet onto an already injured leg. Yeah, that that's not a good thing. But he is free. True. He's also quick enough, probably his seeker instincts, where he hits the ground, crumbles, but then just immediately rolls over and shoots at the spider's underbelly. And he and Cedric manage to do stupefy at the exact same time, and their two spells together actually do stupefy the spider. Well, it's about damn time. Right? Working together. Mm-hmm. Teamwork makes the dream work. And Cedric is the one who makes sure that Harry's okay in this instance. But they totally helped each other out here. Mm-hmm. And Harry shakily gets up, and then the boys are just standing there. And Cedric's closer to the cop, so Harry's just like, we'll go get it. And Cedric's <laughs> just like, no, you've helped me twice. And then neither of them are going after it. Yeah, this is going to be a very long task if one of y'all doesn't just grab it, guys. This is when Fleur comes in. <laughs> <laughs> this is basically back in line with the movie. Kind of, maybe sort of. Except as the boys stand there catching their breath, Cedric admits that he was nervous that Harry was just going to leave him there. Harry admits that he almost did, but obviously couldn't let anything happen to Cedric because it would be terrible if he had his death on his hands. Oh, oh wait, I'm getting ahead of myself here, aren't I? Too soon. <laughs> Spoilers. We are almost there, though. We are. But book Harry never considered letting anything happen to Cedric and never would have. Mm -hmm. I assume this was the maze changing him. Oh, it's so fucking stupid. It's shit, Katie. It's shit. Newell! Instead of talking about leaving Cedric to be eaten by Audrey too, or in the book's case, a giant fuck nope, Harry just flat out tells Cedric, who's closer to that quad wizard cop, to just take it. And Cedric's like, no, you saved me twice. You should win. I mean, somewhat kind of similar in the movie. Though with an added second tornado making its way towards them as the hedges begin to move again. Parallel? Yeah. Perpendicular-ish? Maybe? It's totally a Y. It's like a diamond. They like go way away from each other and then meet back up. Yeah. Cedric shouts over the noise that they had better make like a bread truck and start hauling buns. Because he's a Hufflepuff and he can't say ass. But we can. Ass! They start calling ass! <laughs> 
Then it sort of aligns to the book when they get to the cup, but neither one reaches out to take it. And Cedric insists that Harry should take it, considering yeah, he was kind of a dick earlier, and this is his way of redeeming himself. Yeah. You know, no mention of Harry saving him earlier, or with the dragons, or anything like that. Just, you should take it. You take it. You help me. You save me. me. Yeah. Harry looks around at all the insanity going on, and he then looks back at Cedric and says... You jump, I jump, right, Jack? <laughs> Cedric smiles a knowing smile, and together they count to three. At the same time, they both reach for a handle of the quad wizard cup. This is, again, kind of similar to the book. Except they spent a ridiculous amount of time trying to convince the other that they should be the one to take the cup. <laughs> Harry tries to tell Cedric that it doesn't work that way. Whoever's the first one to the cup is the winner, and Cedric got there first. In his head, he's also thinking, just like you got to Cho first. Oh, dear God, Harry. <laughs> but instead of taking the cup, Cedric literally just walks away from it. He goes towards Harry to help him win his injured leg. Mm -hmm. And he's just like, no, I'm not going to take the cup. And Harry's getting irritable because he's throwing an internal pity party about everything pretty boy Diggory has beat him to. And tells him to stop being noble. Damn it, Diggory. Again, Cedric argues, reminding Harry that he never would have made it through the first task if he hadn't warned him about the dragons. And Harry's like, yeah, but you gave me that admittedly really lame clue about the egg. So technically we're square. The arguing about who should take the cup continues when Cedric says that he should have stayed behind to rescue all of the hostages in the second task. And Harry's just like, what the fuck? No, you shouldn't have. I'm the only one thick enough to believe that stupid song. <laughs> Moral fiber. But Cedric is still refusing to take the cup. So realizing this could go in circles forever and ever and ever, and he just wants to get the fuck out of the damn maze at this point, Harry's like, you know what? Let's take it together. We both go to Hogwarts. It's still a Hogwarts victory. Let's share. Sounds like a good plan to me. And then Fleur comes in and takes it all. <laughs> no, actually, Ow. Cedric smiles that knowing smile and helps Harry over to the cup. Yeah, that was definitely streamlined by the movie. Definitely. Mm -hmm. But similarly, both boys grasp a handle on the count of three. Sure. Harry instantly feels a jerk from behind his navel. His feet leave the ground, and he can't ungrip the cup. Mm -hmm. He's just stuck to it as it pulls him onward in a swirl of wind and color with Cedric beside him. Which the movie shows with a whoosh of wind and a flash of light as they are transported out of the maze. So yay! Our two sections end at extremely similar points. Yay! We again have no new actors. No. Because we're not giving that foliage any credit. Probably the right call. Apparently that was Newell's idea, was he wanted the maze to feel like another character. That's why he made it all movie and graspy and whatnot. And it just didn't work. Is that true? Yes. Newell! <laughs> I watched some behind-the-scenes stuff, and that's exactly what they the feel they wanted. Was they wanted it to feel like the maze was a character of itself. It's like, no. 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 Just no. All of the no. Newell! No new characters. But yes, no new characters. No credit to the foliage. Mm -mm. So we're just going to keep rolling right into our Potter pondering. Which is, how do you feel about the lack of creatures in the movie version of The Maze? 
pretty sure I know what the answers are going to be like. I'm looking forward to the rants. I always do. Especially, I really hope we get more people calling in for this one. Mm-hmm. Please. You can post on our Facebook page as usual. Or call us at 216-526-6792 and leave your response slash rant as a voicemail. Mm-hmm. Don't forget to tell us your name first and then go into your answer. Yeah, we really look forward to reading, but especially hearing them. Especially hearing them. I know some of you guys don't like hearing your own voice. But we do. We love hearing your voices. We also have to listen to our voices every week. So it's only fair that we get to hear yeah. yours occasionally. Help us break up the monotony guys help us help you help us and this will bring us to our sorting hat story which is from laura thompson she writes i am a slytherin i was six and my sister used to read them we shared a room so i insisted she read it to me every night i'd sit in her bed while she read it out loud by the time i was nine i was asking for the new books and they were always released on july 15th which is my birthday for four years, the newest book was my birthday present. Best birthday present ever. Facts. Thank you so much for sharing your sorting hat story with us, Laura. Also, the 15th of July is my dad's birthday, too. It's a good day. It's a good day. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for sharing your sorting hat story. And if any of you other keepers out there listening would like us to read your sorting hat story on a future episode, you can email it to us at justkeeprolling at gmail.com. Let us know your house, wand, Patronus, how you got into Harry Potter, and anything else you might want to share with us. You can also message it to us over social media. And in this very moment, it just occurred to me that if you want to read your own Sorting Hat story, you could leave it as a voicemail for us and we'll put it in that way. Ooh, so, that sounds fun. There's an option too. Mm-hmm. But we're happy to read them as well. That will bring us to this week's trivia question, which is, what are Voldemort's first words after he steps out of the cauldron. The first one who responds with the correct answer in the code word hashtag high cold voice will get a sticker. Another way to get a sticker is to rate and review us through iTunes or Facebook. Make sure to email us at justkeeprolling at gmail.com to let us know you did, and we'll get back to you to figure out which sticker you want and where to send it. Don't forget to find us and follow us on Facebook at JKR Podcast and Twitter and Instagram at Just Keep Rolling. Following us on Podbean at justkeeprolling.podbean.com will get you the episode as early as possible and give you a leg up in answering the trivia question. Make sure to check out our website at justkeeprolling.com and don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you would like to help us continue creating more content, you can support us as a patron and get extra perks on patreon.com slash justkeeprolling. As always, any support you can give is greatly appreciated. We also want to take a minute to wish our patron, Callie Waters, a very happy birthday. Happy birthday, Callie! Yes, we love you so much, and I'm really glad that I got to spend your birthday with you. I didn't, and I'm a little bummed. Yeah, well. But maybe next year. Maybe next year. And join us next week when we talk about Chapter 32, Flesh, Blood, and Bone, and the corresponding film scenes. Thanks for listening. We hope you hear us again. I'm Katie. I'm Ellen. Until the next time, just just keep keep rolling. rolling.